What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog. Bit of a solo podcast today. Uh, I mean, you could argue that I talk so much in all the other podcasts, they're solo podcasts. Except this one will be without the helpful insight of the much more knowledgeable and much more talented co-hosts. Just had a few live things come up for a few people, so haven't been able to record with them. So we will, see oh, it's already off the rails. Let's, uh, let's jump into things. The thing that everyone wants to talk about is James Sicily, whose band was upheld. Not a huge surprise, though there was hope that when it took several hours of deliberating, that it might be a Crips situation where he gets off. But no, James Sicily is suspended. So what does that mean? I think if you're playing for league, you hold him. I think that's pretty straightforward. I'm assuming most people's leagues aren't running during this final buy round. The tough thing for for rank players out there is that you wanted Sicily in your side for this final buy round, given all of the teams that are missing. Hawthorne are a vital piece of this round, and having best 18 is really important. It's really important that we have more than 18 this week if you're playing for rank so that you can maximize your opportunity. You all know how the buyers work. So what do we do about Sicily? Well, he's going to be eligible for round 18 which means there will be one, two, three, four, five, six. He'll be eligible for seven of the remaining 10 games of the season. So he's missing 30% of the rest of the year. And when you put it like that, I think I think it pushes you towards trading him. Out. Now, there are going to be people who are missing a lot of trades. There are going to be people who think that three games probably isn't the worst-case scenario in terms of holding him. My personal opinion, and maybe I'm being swayed about trying to push for rank at this point in the year, and maybe it's a dumb decision to trade him, but we might be able to trade him to a Clayton Oliver. Now, there is question marks over Clayton Oliver and whether he can actually play this week or not, and we'll just have to find out, wait and see. Melbourne have said they're not declaring anything. There was some some question marks over him at training during the week. Well, let's run through the scenarios for James Sissy, right? One is a lot of us have guys like Josh Wordle and Seamus Mitchell, guys of that caliber. Can they score well enough without him to hold for three weeks? So if if Weddle averages 70 for the next three weeks and Mitchell averages 70, that's 150. 40 points, you're probably only putting one of them on field, so you're missing, let's call it 50 points a week. You're missing 150 points for the three weeks he's out. 
In that seven weeks remaining after the three that he misses, can he outscore whoever you trade him to by 150 points? And there are people that will argue that, yes, yes, he can do that. I'd probably agree, depending on who you trade him to. So who can we trade him to? Well, we'll put it like this. If you think that no one is going to outscore him, by like if no one's going to make up that 150 points, then you don't trade him. You just hold him and you go, you know what? Sick, sick dog. I'm backing you in. For the remaining seven rounds of the season that you play, you're going to outscore anyone that I could have bought in and you're going to cover that. 150 point gap that I I wouldn't wouldn't have had had you been playing. That 150 gaps assuming that you have to play one of these rookies on the field. Obviously, if your plan like mine was was to upgrade your final spot in your team or one of your final spots in your team, it might change the equation. But let's just work on the assumption that all we're trying to do is see if Sicily can bridge the gap of fielding a Weddle or a Mitchell for three weeks. I'm saying that's 150 points. He has to outscore anyone that he you trade in for him. So let's look at the options. Through swing sets, obviously the number one target, I think, for, play, for people who don't have him is Clayton Oliver, assuming he plays. And the number two target coming off his buy should probably be Christian Petrarca, who is the sixth highest ranked player of the year in terms of total points, those two players at 650-ish K, I think Sicily probably can't outscore over the run home. I don't think he can outscore Bontempelli, Tim English, Tim Taranto, Josh Dunkley. I don't think he can outscore Zach Butters. And I don't think he can outscore Tom Libertore, Rory Laird, or Lockie Neal, who I think is going to go gangbusters for this final 10 weeks. But anyone outside of that, I think it gets a lot tighter. I think it's a lot harder. So if you're training with any of those guys, I think that's a reasonable decision, and I think it won't punish you too badly. It is a sideways trade. A lot of people are running out of trades, but it will mean that over the next three weeks, you probably get ahead of where you were by about... I can't do the maths, but you will get ahead, I think. Now, the flip side in that scenario is that if you're sideways trading him, if you have no cash, you can't fill that Seamus Mitchell-sized hole in your side. Uh, I guess in my scenario where Seamus Mitchell's on field over Sicily over the next three weeks, uh, I'm just saying you're not filling that hole. I guess by bringing in a Clayton Oliver, you are filling that hole. Right, let's talk about the options that should probably score similarly to it. Like, they'll probably still beat him, but it'll be a lot tighter. There, your Zach Merritts, your Caleb Sarongs, your Adam Cheras, who, who's, by the way, has been bloody awesome this year. Your Tom Stewart's, Noah Anderson, Darcy Parrish, this sort of caliber of player. Matt Rowles, where... They'll probably outscore him, but it'll be way closer than if you pick up one of those big, the big boosts in a Christian Petrarca or a Clayton Oliver. 
So in that instance, it's probably a probably a flip of the flip of the coin, and, and you got to back yourself. And if you're really going for rank, and you really want to make sure you have maximum playing players in this final buy round, trading James Sicily to one of those caliber players still probably makes sense, just by way of you want to hold your rank, and if you're like me, you're really banking on him being available for this final buy round. Are there scenarios? Are there scenarios where we can cash in on James Sicily at 649,000 and really propel our sides ahead? So we're looking for some underpriced players, some players that, you know, there's no guarantee that it works, but if we can turn him into a couple of these guys, well, maybe that's, maybe that's a really strong option. So this is probably at a bit more of the expensive end, but a Nick Martin, five-round average, 111, averaging 92, forward, mid, on fire, young, upcoming, developing, recent scores of, well, I'll read out his last six scores, 127, 64, 84, 83, 120, 129, and 139 in a really strong vein of form. But at 531, that only gives you another 120 grand to play around, and that's probably not enough to upgrade. So let's find some cheaper players. One that I'm really, and now I'm not sold on this, but I'm interested in, like a Jordan Ridley, who I'm not saying to buy. I'm interested in him, but at 504k, he probably doesn't get the job done. But a Brad Crouch, and this might be, this might be madness. But recently, he has hit the form that we saw him deliver last year. 104, 123, 106. From his last three games, last year, he averaged 104. He was the 30th ranked player on the season, and that put him you know, in the top 20-ish for midfielders. He's available at 510K. He's a pod. Does that extra 140K for you by going from a Sicily down to a Brad Crouch? Unlock something. Well, maybe. But that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about planning bloody value. So that's what we're going to do. Ben Keys, look at his numbers. Go to DFS Australia. Look at his center bounce numbers. Look at where he's playing at the moment. Yes, potentially a role change back to forward could impact him in a really negative way. But since going back into the midfield, 102, 106, and 115. Now, he has also hitting the scoreboard in that time, which is a worry because if that dries up, then you're in a little bit of trouble. But what's interesting is that he's hitting the scoreboard and playing more in the midfield. So have they unlocked the right role for it? His tackles, 9, 10, 4 over the last three weeks, been huge. You can get him as a forward mid for just $418,000. Sicily down to Ben Keys gives you over two hundred grand, 230 grand to play with. And that's where you look at a... Geez, I got 230 grand to play with. I could trade out one of my 250k, one of my 300k rookies. Suddenly I've got over 500k. Gee whiz, maybe I could get Ben Keys and a Jake Lloyd. Maybe I could get Ben Keys and well, he's got the buy this week and but and an Ollie Wines at sub 500k. Maybe I could get Ben Keys and Noah Anderson, who personally I don't think is a an awesome trade in option. This week, he's only had the six tons from the year, which is, what's that, six from less than 50% t- 
ton rate, which I don't love, which if you average that out over the rest of the year, it's probably only going to get you another, I don't know, three tons at this rate, maybe four. But I digress. If you like Noah Anderson, I think you should absolutely consider backing him. But Sicily down to a Ben Keys and then a rookie, a cashed-up rookie up to a Jake Lloyd. That's interesting. That's really interesting to me. Hey, why don't we get crazier? And this might be someone you look at even if you're not trading uh, James Sisley because he's probably not a keeper, but at $399,500, he's gained 60K. The player we all had in our teams at the start of the season, Elliot Yo, defense mid. Now, he's definitely uh, a luxury upgrade for a rookie, but that's what this cash could unlock. Like, you go a James Sisley down to a, a Jake Lloyd, you can go a Seamus Mitchell up to an Elliot Yo pretty easily and $399,500 since coming back into the team, 73, 125 and 113, 30 disposals, 26 disposals, 24 disposals, 433 tackles. That's interesting. Now, his body's built like he's made out of origami paper, but as a D6, D7 cover, D7, actually, really honestly, you want him at D7, M9, swinging and covering the instances like this where James Sicily's at. Now, he's probably not, in terms of body, reliable enough to be that bench cover, but it's going to be really important because we're going to have lots of players get, we've seen it already, we're going to have lots more players get suspended. A lot of players are going to get injured through the rest of the year, and then we are going to have to, rely on really not having many trades. You look at the average side, the average side that's sort of pushing for rank. I mean, I'm seeing teams with four trades left. I'm seeing teams with six trades left. I'm seeing teams with 10 trades left. I'm probably only going to have seven, six trades left after the buyers for the rest of the season. It's not a lot. So you need to look at ways and value to sustain yourself through the rest of the year. So a Sicily and a Seamus to a Lloyd and a Yo is... Not necessarily an awful idea, and it may put you ahead of the pack over the remainder of that season. Remember that 150 points we're trying to make up? Well, those two guys probably do it together, assuming they play. Some other guys that I'm interested in, but probably uh, it's tough to know. Like a Jack Viney, again, mid is not where you probably want to look for value, particularly particularly when Clayton Oliver's been out. But Jack, Jack Viney was really solid last year. So he ended the season at over 500K. This year, he's averaging 97, far, averaging 101 over the last five. Last year, he averaged uh, 97, was 66th overall, but finished from memory like a house on fire. Last few games, 118, 110, 81, 62. Okay, not that amazing, but he's an underpriced Option, and all the other guys that are floating around 500k, you're probably not going to look at them as options, unless you have someone that you think is going to be a keeper from here on out for the rest of the year. I'm talking like, I don't know. I'm pulling names out of hats here. Tim Kelly, uh, Chad Warner, Stephen Ganigliog at under 500k. Scott Penderbury just signed on again. Like those guys... Trading a Sicily and a rookie down to one of them allows you a fair bit of freedom, but I think you 
if you're looking at those sort of guys, it's probably not the option. I think Jake Lloyd's probably your floor in terms of your Sicily replacement and what you do with that cash is to upgrade kind of dictates your move. Like a Darcy Cameron at 464K hasn't been in amazing form since he came back, but would be really strong cover if you don't have him. Forward ruck cover, really solid cover. And you can get him and a Lloyd for a Sicily and a rookie. And I think if you're doing that, you're essentially double upgrading. I really like that option. If you're going Sicily to one of those super uber primos, I'm talking Bont, Dunkley, Petraka, Oliver, those sort of guys, I like that too. If you're just going for a bit of a middling sort of sideways, a, a Kelly to a, I don't know, who, who's an annoy, who's someone that's a bit of a sideways, uh, a Sicily to a Tom Stewart or a Zach Merritt, or Matt Rail, I think those sort of guys I'm less inclined to look at. So that's been a long soliloquy, a long rant, a long little thought thread on James Sisley and what I think you should do with him. And ultimately, it's down to you. If you're playing for rank, he's going to miss three weeks. That's going to impact you if you don't replace him. But on the flip side, does the save trade and the huge, like five round average 127.8, Three-round average of 147.3. Now, admittedly, that's inflated a little bit by the 172. But hey, in those other games, 134, 134, 136, 63 before that, 128 before that, if he comes back and he continues doing what he has been doing over the last four weeks, which is scoring, you know, I, I calculated for him to score 120 on the run home, maybe that's conservative. And if that's the case, then you, you probably hold him and you hope that you can cover him. So if you're playing league, I think you definitely hold him unless you're in a must-win game where you need to make finals. I think if you're playing for rank, it's all about points on the field. If it allows you, say, to do your two final upgrades, I think it's a fair trade. If you can go him straight to one of the Uber Primos as well, I think you do that as well because the three weeks of him not being on the field and, say, a Clayton Oliver or Christian Petrarca being on the field scoring 120 points, that's that's probably some points that you're not going to make up in the run home. But that's some thoughts on Sicily. Let's talk, let's talk some other stuff. By the way, I hope everyone has been getting their questions in for the mailbag, which records on Wednesday night. Clarky and Damo are piecing that together. All your questions are going to get answered. You just need to go to Twitter, hashtag Jock Mailbag. Find the Jock Reynolds Supercoach uh, community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's posts there you can post questions to. There's an email you can send it to. You can tag the boys, Damo and Clarky, on Twitter. Just find a way to get the questions in because they've got beautiful guests every week and they answer the questions. And then... You know, on a Thursday night, why not just jump into the cheat sheet? It's been on bloody fire lately. It has been on bloody fire lately. Right, let's talk some other players. My boy, Angus Sheldrick, sadly reversed trades before uh, and kept Sturt over Sheldrick, which wasn't the end of the world because Sturt ended up being a late in, but I missed his 91 points. Sheldrick. He's going to be one of the bigger cash cows this week. Plus, he's playing 
probably chasing the 91 a bit, but this is a kid with talent. But 190K, you got to ask yourself, is this the point of the season where we purely, purely need to bring in bargain basement players, preferably playing ones, over the elevated rookie price players? It's a difficult question to answer. Dev Robinson at 219K is probably too expensive. For a Sheldrick at 190K, I look at him and go, maybe I'm biased because I love him. I go, I can see that as good investment. However, we do have some cash cows who might play. Harvey Harvison might play. Probably not the player we want. Harry Sharp at 162K might come in. We saw Daniel Rich, the GOAT, rest in peace. He took himself out of the side, or so the stories say. I don't believe he would do that. I don't believe he should ever be out of the side. In fact, only an act of God could remove him from the side, and I've got some questions for the fantasy gods that I will be following up around that one. But that might mean Harry Sharp comes in and cements a spot in the side. We've got, maybe you look at, if you're just looking at cashing, and we'll talk about Briggs in a bit, but if we're talking about players to bring in, there's a 1% chance Ned Moyle plays before the year out. Maybe he's a rookie we look at in terms of just purely generating cash. That's 123K, which is, I think, far more important than looking at the elevated 190K players. Hey, Sam Sturt, I just mentioned him before, break even minus four, negative four, 167K. Hey, he's not fantastic. He's not amazing in terms of supercoach scoring. But I think he's probably done enough to hold his spot. We'll have to wait and see. They might they might axe a bunch of Freo players there. Uh, but having said that, coming up against Carlton in two weeks, small forwards kill us. So could he stick around? Not so sure. But there are some rookies we need to look at that will be on the bubble after this week. Now, I don't like going early, but as I said, maybe this is the time of year where we should just be looking at the cheapest rookies possible. And hey, if they give us a score during this final buy round, you bloody beauty. Who are those players? Well, Kai Lohman, slightly elevated, 147,000, scored 62. There's spots in that team for the Lions. Break-even, currently negative five. It'll decrease again if he plays and scores well. He's an option. Hey, look at this. My boy. Well, I won't say he's my boy, but I did draft him in a couple of keeper leagues. Jasper Fletcher debuted. Looked good. Looked like was pretty impressive given the circumstances. He'd earned $57,800 given the circumstances being, you know, he's had an, uh, a few injuries over the journey. He's still quite young. He's still quite raw. But, hey, he managed to hit the scoreboard three times, had 13 touches. That's okay. But 158K, probably not one I'm bringing in early. But if you're desperate to get players on field, he might be one we simply have to look at. But the one who I think everyone's going to be trading in this week, if he's named, is Ryan Marich. Minor break-even of negative nine, 102,400 forward rookie Scored 49 on debut. Hey, he's not going to be a big scorer. But I think, given the circumstances, if he's named, we need buy rounds, and that extra 50K from 
a uh, who did I say from a Sam Sturt to a marriage, is going to be way more valuable put into upgrades than it is into worrying about if this guy actually breaks out. So we're at a point now in the season where I'm breaking the rule, my own rules, and I'm looking at players effectively as bargain basement zeros, just hoping that they play. And Ryan Match fits that bill. Ned Moyle potentially fits that bill. If they rest wits at any point in the season at 123K, they're the cash cows that we're considering this week. Who are we trading out? Well, I think most people know who they're trading out, but we'll go through a couple of options. Eddie Ford, break even 31. He came back down to earth, scored 30 on the weekend. He's on the buy to 252K. We're trading him. Alex Chincotta, 61, break over to 34, still a cheap ball. Seems to be locked in to that Blues outfit, playing a little bit taller, but also able to push up and, and really uh, help us get out of defensive 50. But at 256,000 and on the buy, mate, 40,000 coaches still have him. It's time to trade him. George Wardlaw. One I'm slightly less inclined to trade at $285,900, but he's given you 90K. Only scored 46 last week, and his break even is 24. But again, he's on the buy. Let's just trade him. Don't worry about it. Ryan Angwin. I traded him last week before because I saw he was the sub. He's got negative one. Very unlucky if you held him, but he only lost 16K. 190K is not great, but hey, we trade him. We're trying to get bodies on field. Harry Sheasel, I traded a couple a few weeks ago. Probably a mistake. He's one we hold. I think we consider him a locked-in primo. Jack Zebel's one of the most traded-out players this week. I had him as a trade-out uh, last week before he turned up in the cheat sheet. I feel like, and maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm making connections to try and come up with an excuse. But I, th I, I think he's a trade. I know he turned up last week. The Taron Thomas mix in the back line, he sort of went back there a bit. Aaron Hall came out. We thought that meant Zebel would score really well, but he effectively didn't do anything in the second half of that game. So he, to me, is a trade, but that's only if you're really pushing for rank. He has it in him to score well for through the rest of the season. But if you're pushing for rank and you're desperate and, say, a Sicily being out has hurt you, Jack Zebel's definitely a trade-out option. I'm avoiding talking about it. I'm really avoiding talking about it because I don't know how I'm going to tackle the Briggs conversation. So before I do, I'm just going to list out a couple other guys that we could consider trading. Jack Steele hurts, but clearly something's off. A few people have made this comparison. Looks kind of like Cripps did a couple of years ago before he won the Brownlow in terms of really struggling a bit with body, carrying a big heavy weight around him. I'm not scared of trading Jack Steele. Now, I did suggest last week that Patrick Cripps was a trade and he came out and turned up and proved me wrong. So here's hoping Jack Steele does that. Let's talk about Kieran Briggs. <clears throat> What to do with Kieran Briggs? If you've got him at R3, presumably you have some sort of combination of Goldstein, Marshall, 
Uh, Jared Witts. Who do I have? <laughs> Riley O'Brien. You got this. Presumably, you've got that mix of players in your side. So I'm going to say we've all got Kieran Briggs at R3. If you've got him at R2, bloody beautiful. Don't do a thing. Keep him there. If you've got him at R3, we need to make a decision. And the decision is, particularly with this buy round, is he a keeper? And at the moment, averaging 116, he bloody looks like it. He bloody looks like it. He is a jet. He's scoring super coach points for last. His break even's 26. He's killing it. Is he a keeper? Is he a keeper over Marshall? Is he a keeper over English? Is he a keeper over Wits? Well, you can make the argue. You can make the argument that he is. You can make the argument. Like, the, the zag move might be to trade out a Tim English. Although that's probably pretty crazy. <laughs> Tim English is a... Tim English is like the third best player in Supercoach this year, second best player in Supercoach this year by total points. So we're probably not trading him. But I'm not against it because I like craziness. Kieran Briggs is the second highest averaging Ruckman this year. Do I trade Tim English and hold Kieran Briggs? Probably not. Do I trade Jared Witts and hold Kieran Briggs? Probably not. Kieran. Jared Witt's averaging 116 over the last five weeks. Do I trade Toby Nankervis and hold Kieran Briggs? Well, now we're having a discussion. Five-round average 106 for Toby Nankervis, averaging 109 in the year, scored 96 this week, and has the buy. I would, I would keep Kieran Briggs over Toby Nankervis if I was in a position where I'm trading Nankervis to ensure that this week, I can get an extra primo on field, which inevitably nets me ahead in the long run in terms of total points next to my team. Would I trade Todd Goldstein and hold Kieran Briggs? Same thing. He's on the buy. I think I would. I think I would. Now, he's a pot. He's not in many teams. Sean Darcy's due back from injury soon, but yes, I would trade him. I think the ideal situation is probably having Darcy Cameron at F6, having a swing set and having Kieran Briggs at R2. And then if it goes balls up, well, hey, at least I made 300K off him. At least I made 300K off him in a shitload of points. And Darcy Cameron's probably a serviceable Ruckman to have at R2 in a worst-case scenario. Would I trade Riley O'Brien? Well, as one of the few Riley O'Brien owners, I'm going to say yes, but not this week because this week Riley O'Brien's playing. Uh, Max Gorn. I'd probably hold Kieran Briggs over Max Gorn, but Max Gorn's playing this week. So I guess what I'm saying is, unless you're an English and Wits owner, did I mention Marshall? Because I think I'd probably trade, I'd probably trade Marshall out and hold Briggs too. Obviously, Marshall plays this week, so that might be the reason that you you hold him, whereas Kieran Briggs doesn't play. But if I have Kieran Briggs at R3, I'm trying to make him R2. The hard thing to do that is if he's at R3 and you don't already have a forward ruck in your team sitting in your forward position, you're going to have to burn two trades to do it, and it's probably not worth two trades. So do you go Kieran Briggs down to a Ned Moyle and bank a shitload of cash and back in your Marshall Wits, etc.? Well, that's the other option, isn't it? I like Kieran Briggs at R2, but 
he isn't playing this week. And if you can turn him, plus a little bit of Kitty, or him and a rookie, into a free Clayton Oliver, or a free Christian Petrarca, or a free Zach Merritt, or a free, you name it, Zach Butters, who's not playing this week, so it probably doesn't apply. I think you just, I don't think, and you've got an English and a Wits and a Marshall and you want to hold on to them. I I think you don't worry about the extra cash that Briggs is going to make if you're not planning on fielding him after, after this week. If you're not planning on fielding him and you just want him there as coverage, we can trade into coverage. If you want him there as cash gen, well, he's generated a shitload of cash. And if you can get a, a, an extra primo that you eat, you probably didn't have in your plans. No one sat here going, oh, you know what? During the bias, I think Kieran Briggs preseason. I, don't, I think, yeah, Kieran Briggs should hit his straps just before the bias and jump 214K and average 116 points. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll happen. I don't think anyone was sitting there thinking that. Not even me. And I've got a bloody Kieran Briggs badge on my chest. So Kieran Briggs, if you got him at R2, that's a good thing. If you got him at R3, I think you can trade him. I think you can absolutely trade him. Cash out. Yes, he's going to keep scoring points. Yes, he's going to keep making a little bit of cash. But if you can't field him, there's no point having him. And if it gets you an extra premium in this round, in this buy round, and you're pushing for rank, well, baby, what are we even talking about here? Now, I will have to have this conversation next week when he's back and Riley O'Brien, I'm choosing between him, Marshall, and Kieran Briggs to field. So I'm going to have that question myself. I think I've hit on most of the talking points and apologies if this is unlistenable because it's just me ranting for 30 minutes, but I, I think it's gone quite well. Now, I might have lost my complete train of thought 40, 32 minutes ago. I'll never know. I'm just going to quickly run through the other players that have been traded in this week. Obviously, the ones that are primarily the ones that are coming off their buys. So that's your Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon, Melbourne, West Coast players. Essendon, it's your Zach Merritt's, your Darcy Parishes, who should be back from injury at about 567, I think. Okay. Mason Redmond, Jordan Ridley, Nick Martin. Hawthorne, it was supposed to be James Sicily. I don't think anyone else from Hawthorne we're looking at bringing in. Collingwood as well. It's probably Darcy Cameron. He's probably the main one we're looking at. For Adelaide, Roy Laird. Jordan Dawson, again, he's already in 50% of teams. I don't own him. He kind of fits into the price structure now that we're looking at a no James Sicily week. So he'll be someone that I'm heavily considering. Ben Case as well as the as the pod. Obviously, watch the selection, team selection, see where he's named, but really, really like him. Really, really like him. He is just one magnet shift away, though, isn't he? Which is the risk. Also coming off the bye, we have Melbourne, so that's your Petrarcas and your Clayton Olivers. If he gets up, Christian Slalem, if you're looking for a little bit of value, but honestly... He's probably not the answer to any of our solutions. I'm just going to pull him up and see how much he is at 418,000 since coming back. 78, 88, 85, 99. He, he's your kind of D7. And at 418K, that's probably a bit much. If you can bring him in and hold a Sicily, then hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. But if you just bring him to be your final primo, 
that's not something that I'm going to sit here and condone. And then West Coast, I don't want any. I don't want any of them except for potentially uh, Ryan Marich and Elliot Yo. And again, they're purely as cover, not as premiums. So they're probably your main targets, the players who aren't playing or who are coming back from the bye. And yeah, anyone who's not playing this week, feel free to trade them because you know what you're doing with your teams. All right, I don't know, hopefully, I'm no, confidently, I think this was a decent listen. We'll have a guest on next week. I don't like doing this solo pod. I would love to do a bit of a, a radio show and have you all call in. It's too bad I'm retiring. Anyway, head to uh, jockreddles.com.au. Leave your questions and your comments. Find us on social media. Get your questions in. Hashtag jockmailback. Get your questions in for that podcast. Go Blues. I bloody, I bloody love you. Go Blues. And by you, by bloody love you, I mean the community, the Blues. I'm just saying go Blues. That's enough. <laughs>